Welcome to the Digital Public Relations Podcast, covering news and trends in the digital space. Produced by the students in the Public Relations Program in the School of Media and Journalism at Kent State University. Welcome to this episode of The Digital Environment. We're your hosts, Grace. And I'm Macy. And today we're going to be talking about the train derailment in East Palestine, Ohio. Y'all are in for a treat because Macy is from East Palestine, so she can bring some insider information to the table. Yes, it's definitely made my life interesting, and I'd like to share it with everyone else. So, We're also going to take a dive into the response from both Norfolk Southern, general media, and their consumers in the digital space. So... Macy, if you could just give us a general overview of of what happened um, and maybe some of your personal experiences with the train derailment. Yeah, absolutely. So I should hope that everybody knows by now, unless you live under a rock. Um, East Palestine is a very small town um, near Youngstown, Ohio, and um, we don't see much there. But on February 3rd, 2023, Um, A Norfolk Southern train did derail in East Palestine, um, affecting thousands of residents, and the train had about 150 cars and 50 were affected, and 20 cars contained hazardous materials, and 11 of those were impacted by the wreck, so it caused a huge explosion, and then on February 4th, Um, residents near the train derailment were asked to leave the area because of the toxic chemicals that were spreading into the air. And then later on, on February 5th, they had a controlled release of those chemicals um, that created a huge black plume of smoke in the air. Everybody was super concerned. People were leaving their houses, staying in hotels. It was a very scary experience for everyone. I'm sure that sounds terrifying. Even being what we're 60 miles away from it mm-hmm. even just hearing about it that was terrifying yeah um i know that you were here in kent at the time mm-hmm. but your family still lives there uh, can you tell us a little bit about like how they handled the situation did they yeah. have to evacuate so um my dad does travel for work so he was already scheduled on a flight to las vegas at the time so he was already he already had an out i guess if you want to for lack of better words but um they also said that they were canceling school because people were actually evacuating to the school when it was still a one-mile radius of the crash. Mm-hmm. People were staying there overnight, so they closed school for a week or so. So my brother did go with my dad. Then my mom stayed at home until they um, made the radius a little larger to up to two miles or more. Um, so my mom ended up evacuating to her brother's house, which is my uncle, out in PA. But they could still actually see the smoke in the big plume of it from my uncle's house which is about 20 minutes away yeah where how how far away is your house from the actual site of the crash it's about two and a half miles wow yeah that's really close really scary yes absolutely and we had a cat at home so i was i was worried about her as well yeah did your mom take the cat with her she actually did not just because the stress of moving her out to my uncle's for even a few days would have been more stressful than She's old, and uh, obviously we care about her a lot, but Mm -hmm. it wasn't worth the stress of her having to leave our house at that point. Yeah. So have you found that 
you and your family have been following the news closely about what's going on? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so when it first happened, actually, um, my brother, along with so many teenage boys and other people who were so interested in this fire and did not realize how serious it was, were taking pictures actually very close to the accident. Um, Yeah, so a lot of people I was seeing on Snapchat stories, on Instagram, people were actually going up to the crash site and taking photos and posting them because at the time nobody knew how serious it was and nobody knew that it would be what it is now. Right. So, yeah, I mean, and my family has been following the media heavily. Yeah. So I want to talk a little bit about how Norfolk Southern has discussed this on on the internet in the digital space. Right. So if you go to their website, it takes a little bit of, of digging, not much, but a little bit, to find their their newsroom where they've put out some of their releases. The first one that they posted about this topic came out on February 4th, so the day after, which is a reasonable response time, right, yes, for a crisis. Yeah. Um, and I'm going to read this. It was very short, very quick, just a quick statement on what happened. They said, Norfolk Southern continues to work in the East Palestine community along local, state, and federal officials. The NTSB will be the lead agency for providing updates on the incident. We have established a family assistance center to address the needs of the community and support for those directly impacted. For more information about the family assistance center, Operation Return Home, or other questions about the derailment and continued efforts within the community, please click here. That was the entirety of the message. Again, not super long, but that was what they said at the time, which I think was reasonable. So that was February 4th. If you go on their Instagram, they first posted a statement on February 17th. Now, it's the statement from the CEO, and it's much longer. But what's odd to me is that they were able to get a release out on February 4th, but they didn't post on their Instagram until the 17th. They could have said the same thing there. What what else is interesting is that the last three posts before the one on February 17th were posted on January 26th, February 1st, and February 2nd. So it's not like they were infrequent posters to begin with, but they waited two weeks to make their first official statement on Instagram. I would have to agree that that's strange, especially coming from a PR perspective and a digital PR perspective as well. All we are taught is to get stuff out as quick as you can. Mm-hmm. Even Open if you, and honest communication. Right, yes. Even if you don't know all that's going on, their statement was great. It, it was. Um, it I'm covered sure, what they knew at the time. Exactly. I'm sure people were upset with them and they couldn't say much. They didn't know much and they did what they could and I think it was good. Mm-hmm. But where they are lacking is the media. It, waiting two weeks to put that on social media when we're in this age of that digital presence is just that is a bit of a mistake I feel yeah according to um, a study done by the American Press Institute 39% of the Gen Z population they surveyed uses Instagram as a frequent news source daily that's a that's a pretty big percentage compared to local news outlets national news outlets local news stations and national news stations that those percentages were from 22 to 25 percent across the board so that's a big jump I mean it depends on you know the audience you're trying to reach but I would think I mean you're Gen Z you live in that area they've got kids in that area who have access to Instagram they want to know what's going on and it would be best for it to come from the company itself right and these this newsroom these press releases are going out to news outlets who are going to use them and then write stories about them 
But if you have these things written, if you have these statements already, how much harder is it to post it on your own social media so it's coming directly from you as a company? Absolutely, I agree. And especially since they already have a presence, I mean, uh, how many followers do they have on Instagram? Thousands. They they have so many people that view their stuff and they have yeah, 48,000 followers. 48,000 followers. You have a following already and you have a presence on that media. So why not share it to those people? You know what I mean? Like those are where people are looking for you to come out and say, hey, this is what's going on. People are waiting for your response and waiting and pushing that out is just making you look worse. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll read the uh, the CEO's statement really fast. They post on Instagram. It says, We will not walk away, East Palestine. When I visited East Palestine last week, you told me how the train derailment has upended your lives and how concerned you are about the safety of your air, water, and land. Many of you have also reached out to Norfolk Southern to share your fears, your anger, and your frustration. I hear you. We hear you. I know you also have questions about whether Norfolk Southern will be here to make things right. My simple answer is that we are here and we will stay as long as it takes to ensure your safety and to help East Palestine recover and thrive. Our work is underway. Crews are cleaning the site thoroughly, responsibly, and safely. Our Family Assistance Center is helping community members meet immediate needs. Together with local health officials, we have implemented a comprehensive testing program to ensure the safety of East Palestine's water, air, and soil. And we have established a $1 million community support fund as a down payment on our commitment to help rebuild. But our work is far from over. As we continue site cleanup, the NTSB moves forward with its investigation and necessary environmental testing is carried out. I promise to keep you updated every step of the way. I know that there are still a lot of questions without answers. I know that you're tired. I know you're worried. We will not let you down. Alan Shaw. I would say that's a, a pretty decent statement. I, I would agree. I would argue the, the biggest piece of concern here is that it took them two weeks to release this. To say anything on their social media like we've talked about the biggest problem with that is that if you're not hearing much directly from the company on social media other people are going to start talking absolutely and that's something i think as gen z we've seen a lot on instagram and on tiktok they don't even have a tiktok from what we've been able to tell in our research so I've seen I've seen a lot of TikToks where people are talking about their water sizzling. Have you seen those? So yes, I have, and I I'm in East Palestine Facebook groups as well, where I've seen so so many um, videos, pictures, descriptions of things that people are seeing and experiencing. I've seen people posting about rashes they've had. I've seen someone talk about their four month old puppy that randomly passed away. I've seen a picture or I'm sorry a video of someone throwing a rock in the water and it just sizzling and fish on the ground like dead and washed up I've seen a lot of stuff and people are saying a lot of things so it definitely helps when a company itself or an influencer or supporter of the company comes out and says hey this is what's going on hey I know you're seeing this but this is what it actually is. And we're not really seeing a lot of that on the social medias that more people use. We're, right. we're only seeing this stuff on news outlets that people don't see as much as they see on social media. Mm-hmm. Especially our generation. I mean, yes. I know a large percentage of our generation gets news from social media. When the company itself is not coming out and talking about these things, you're getting news from someone who may not be as educated on the topic. Right. I saw a TikTok... His name is Nick Drome, N-I-C-K-D-R-O-M on TikTok. And he 
gave a very lengthy descriptive video about what happened. I did some digging into what his credentials are. He describes himself as an entrepreneur and a designer. I would argue that he is maybe not the most qualified to be talking about environmental issues. But you know what? His video got millions of views. And that that's a little alarming from a, a news literacy standpoint, because if that's all you're hearing is from people who may not be as qualified to talk about these things, that's how misinformation spreads, right? Yes, absolutely. I would have to agree that it does. It leaves room for these theories, conspiracies. Mm -hmm. It it leaves room for people to spread misinformation and disinformation. Absolutely. Right. Like my pet mysteriously died. Right. Do we know if that's even related? It could be. It could not be. But if you're not hearing stuff from them directly, that's where you're running into problems. Right. Aaron Brockovich also visited East Palestine and... If you're not familiar with her, she is a famous environmentalist, and she actually visited East Palestine. So Aaron Brockovich says that the area, including groundwater and wells, is definitely contaminated. And despite the government and other places telling us that it's safe, she's saying that she's contradicting those statements. So it's just... It's very hard to know when people are telling you different things, especially when that company is not giving you the voice that you need from them specifically. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think all in all, I mean, we talk about in a a lot of our classes, the BP oil spill in 2010 and the the response from the CEO and how how it did not go over well with people. And so I know this is, you know, a decade later, we're having another environmental issue. But it it goes to show that in these times of crisis, you need to be careful about what you say, but you also need to say something. Yeah, absolutely. And now that social media is even bigger, um, we have more platforms and people are relying on those for their news, that's a space that you can't ignore. And you need you need to get out there, you need to be discussing these issues on your own platform because that's where you can get your voice heard that's where people are looking for your response absolutely and with the bias in the news and right or left side or center wherever people different people are looking at different spaces of the news people are looking at different outlets so when it's coming directly from the company it it feels more personable and it feels more safe because you I mean, with some companies, you know that what side they're on and if you agree or disagree, whatever. But in general, if I'm hearing something from a company rather than CNN or Fox or whatever news outlet, I'm going to be more convinced, I guess. Or I, I guess I would support them more if they're coming to me personally and saying, hey, this is what's happening. I just want to let you know I'm being transparent this is what's happening, and I'm sorry about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think overall, the best thing to do is to have a plan in place. I mean, we talk about that with with crisis communications. This is something that you definitely could have planned for if you're sitting down and thinking about, you have these toxic chemicals on this train. In my brain, I go worst case scenario. That's the train that's going to derail, right? right? Yes, So you want to have these plans in place, these statements to go out for things like this. 
and obviously it, it it you can tell that they were unprepared and the best thing to do going forward is to prepare absolutely they, can, they can't go back in time and they have they have been communicating frequently through their social media since the 17th i believe right but still you can't you can't go back and change that and even coming from someone from east palestine i know in that town people are going to have their opinions i know that there is a mix of um, beliefs and mixes of emotions and opinions going on right now but being from there i know that those people respect transparency and they Mm -hmm. want to know what's going on being from such a small town Everybody knows what's going on. There's no secrets in that town. I, I know that from living there firsthand. But when a company is not telling the whole truth or not supporting as much as they can, which I'm not saying Norfolk Southern isn't, but I'm just when saying, yes, when a company is not communicating immediately and is not present for that town, that that's going to be a bigger issue than saying, hey, we messed up and we're sorry. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it, it does go a long way to just be transparent, to get what you can out as fast as you can. Because mm-hmm. if On you, all your platforms, yes, too. Yes. This is just one example, but there are plenty of examples of companies disregarding the digital space, and it's important. It is. It is very important. And like we said multiple times in this in this podcast, I mean, you can't leave space for those conspiracies. You can't leave space mm-hmm. for those misinformation little blurbs you can't leave space for that because other people will fill it for you yeah yeah you have to get in there take up that space with your statements right yeah well thank you for listening yes thank you so much and we hope you learned something we hope the best for everyone in east palestine yes we do thank you for listening Please subscribe, share, or send us your comments on SoundCloud, iTunes, or Spotify. Find us on Twitter using the hashtag PROnlineChat. We're looking forward to hearing from you.